to uh, keep the game fresh. So uh, I know I know we all have games we desperately want to talk about. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely some some projects that 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 were dropped. Some some long long cooking efforts that have finally seen the light of day. And uh, I don't know why don't I let you motherfuckers chat it up about Ragnarok. Get right into it, huh? Well, I got nothing. I got nothing to say about this game. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I do have thoughts. Okay. Uh, it's very much like the last game. Okay. <laughs> okay. It is the second one of the last game. And let's be clear. The last game was very good. It was excellent. Well-tuned, decent combat, good uh, character interactions, really good writing. This is that. If you're looking for something different, forget it, because it's not. But it is tremendously well-written. The interactions between Kratos and Atreus and all the uh, Norse characters beyond that, really good. No complaints, but having a hard time saying, like, this is game of the year. Yeah. Okay. Just because, just because it doesn't differentiate itself enough for like, well, I mean a little bit that, but also it does lead you by the hand a lot. Mm, yeah. I've heard that. I've it, heard that's a real problem. <laughs> you know, you'll be looking at a puzzle for about half a second and, and Atreus is lipping off to the old man about what he should be doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've got several moments in the playthrough, which you can go back and watch. Those that exact thing happening. That Staring at something. Shit. Man, he, he he has got all that teenage angst, and I want to smack the shit out of him. He does. Awesome. I mean, it, for me, it makes sense in the combat because you can't see shit when you're fighting in that game and having the the disembodied head or. The kid say, watch behind you. That's actually really helpful. Huge. But huge. Come on. There's the puzzles are not hard. No. So shut your yap unless I ask you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It should be like a, a 60 second countdown timer where it's like, all right, you're in a puzzle room. Give the player a solid minute to like look around, poke at things, shoot the wrong shit, you know. Yeah. Now, I mean. This is something you can turn off. Is it? Yeah, game hints. Oh, game hints. I believe have been something that you could turn off since the original. Hmm. Yeah, I would. I would have assumed that that was ju- that would just be uh, uh, text-based shit that comes up in the loading screen, not like yeah, uh, mm, conversation. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they'll give you no. Like Paul's right. Paul's absolutely right. But yeah, they will give you both. You know, you'll get the text prompts that pop up throughout the the game. When the first time you have to use your blades to swing across something, it'll tell you in the top right corner. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that you can turn that off. Okay, well, that's that's good. Yeah. At least you can turn it off. I think they should. Arguably, that should be the default. And like yeah. turn it on if you really want that handholdy experience. Because yeah. honestly, it it funnels you enough that you don't need the hints. 
you know, the structure of the game is pretty linear. Very linear. And there's yeah. there's a lot of linear paths with some some enemies and you know, chest high walls and all those things that you expect out of a, you know, semi-modern combat game and then some wider areas where it widens out a bit and you can go off and do some side stuff if you want, but it's very much like so far for me anyway, when you get to those wider areas, you're there's a couple of side quests and you just kind of check those off and then you go to the next area. Mm-hmm. And there's some good set pieces and good moments there. But um, yeah, I'm not like blown away. Yeah. Uh, so the story is definitely not as tight as the first one. Mm-hmm. But it, it was going to be tough to beat the first one in that regard because the first game was really just about bringing some ashes to the top of a mountain. You know, yeah. that's that's really what the game was about. This was one like, is, man, it's all about this war that's going on. And, like, it's sweet. It's great. But, yeah, it's it's a little more convoluted. And it it means that there are going to be times that take you away from Kratos that I felt maybe have dragged on a bit too long like i just got through this part playing as atreus when you meet angry boda and that it's like a three-hour section where you know very very light on combat you're kind of just running from place to place discovering things doing a couple puzzles here and there uh yeah i i don't remember any parts in the 2018 version that really dragged like that Mm -mm. um but man it's exactly what you said if you enjoyed the first one this is all of that and then some you know yeah mm-hmm. i think maybe it was the simplicity of the uh the 2018 game that made it so good you know mm-hmm. the task at hand was extremely simple and that left a lot of space for them to play with the characters yeah. you know and to develop kratos as this emerging father figure and develop the kid as this little piece of shit that's only going to get worse and, uh, you know, all the various uh, affiliated characters around that. Whereas this, like you said, there's a war. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of space and it takes a lot away from those smaller moments. Exactly. Like nobody in the series is more interesting than Kratos. So you shouldn't be taken away from him for extended periods of time. Yeah. Uh, and which brings me to my next point as to why I think maybe people aren't quite as as hot on this one as they were the last one. The yeah. character... Uh, like, we hadn't seen Kratos. When did the God of War 3 come out? It was like 10 years before then, right? And it was essentially... Oh, like- Oh, six, oh, seven, oh, six. Right. So it'd been like 15 years since we had seen that character. I think that a lot of the honeymoon had worn off by the time the second game came around because we had we had spent a ton of time with this new version of Kratos, this older, wiser, you know, more humble version of Kratos that is most assuredly not the God of War anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh and I, it was really cool to explore that character and, and, and like find out what he's been doing and what he's been up to and what he's been feeling now. And you got a ton of that out in the first game. And so I think, like I said, the, a lot of the honeymoon has worn off for the second one. And people just aren't quite as invested as finding out what this like new version of Kratos is about. You know, we <laughs> kind of just get in the same, same 
the <laughs> same stuff as we did the last time. So yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it may as well be like a 60, 70 hour DLC. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the point because let's. Yeah, sure. Not for, not forget that like these are two games that, uh, they're one single camera shot. The first game is mm-hmm. one single camera shot. The second game is one single camera shot. Like maybe that's the point is they just want this entire series to essentially feel like you're playing a massive trilogy and it's all just one seamless experience. Yeah, I could see that. You know, so that, I mean, I say trilogy, but I'm not done Ragnarok yet, but I think it's pretty clear that they're building towards a third game. Yeah, I think they've said that already, that it will yeah. be a trilogy. But, you know, I'm I'm really not that far into this, like maybe 15 hours. Okay. Um, And even at this point, I'm like, how much more character growth can there possibly be for these two? Well, exactly. So for Kratos, probably none. Because, I mean, they're they're really driving home this whole prophecy thing from the start of Ragnarok and from yeah. the end of the last game. They're really driving home this prophecy that something happens to Kratos. Kratos dies, something, you know, and Atreus is there and Odin is there. But it's like, man, they're they're like beating you over the head with it so much. It just seems like too obvious that that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I see your point on one side of the, the coin where like how much more development can you really do other than kill the character off? Uh, yeah. but on the flip side, you know, with this prophecy, like hitting you over the head with that, I'm like, are they really just going to make it that obvious and that, you know, anticlimactic? They've been telling us that Kratos is going to die for four or five years. And then he does. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You'd have to, you'd have to handle that very carefully. Very, very carefully. Like, it makes me think of them killing Joel in, in uh, Last of Us. Um, yeah, talk about unceremonious. Unceremonious. And like, as much as I chirped the story of that game, I always said that that moment, I thought, was brilliant. Yeah. And it, I, there's, there's ne- I don't think there's ever been uh, a stronger, uh, like, I, I was never more incentivized to go out and get these people after that scene with Joel. It was incredibly yeah. well done. So yeah. if they could do something like that with Kratos, then sure. You know, if, if, if let's say Odin gets Kratos by the end of it, and then the next game is all about Atreus getting that revenge. I'm into it. Yeah. yeah because the moment to moment gameplay is really good. Oh, um, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's really smooth. The combat is fun. It's complicated and can be challenging but not overly so it's not you know hyper technical or anything mm. um well i uh, once you get to give me god of war though oh yeah there it will like it gets a lot more punishing technical. punishing yeah 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 it gets yeah. a lot more technical um i mean even yeah. on the standard difficulty it, it can get pretty tough if you go out of your way to find those you know optional uh you know the draugr battles and stuff those will get you hateful Even on the uh, standard difficulties if you're not on your toes yeah those hateful yeah droggers are something else apparently the end game bosses are a complete nightmare so we'll see but i don't know i yeah it's it's definitely going to be between elden ring and god of war i'm gonna have to go back and play some more elden ring to see what i really feel but i don't know i'm i'm thinking god of war for game of the year for me Interesting. 
Interesting. I, of course, have the opposite vote, but we could have guessed that. Uh, I've put like 130 or 140 hours into Elden Ring. I had to fucking make myself stop, so I feel like my my vote is cast. (laughs) You sure, though, it's not going to be Pokemon Violet, Scarlet? Holy shit, am I ever (laughs) sure of that, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well let's get into that because <laughs> what the, what the what happened what happened to good games like brett and i were talking oh, about this okay. before the cast game freak doesn't know how to make shit for one but you know how did this thing get out the door well the the story i've heard I'm, i don't i have like a link to the the article or whatever but my understanding is that Game Freak does this thing where every time they get a new project, they want to get their newest employees a chance to get their fucking feet wet, which sounds insane, and it is. Um, <laughs> Why? That's an incredible question. Uh, the, the other thing is that there was such a short fucking turnaround time <clears throat> on this because in the last calendar year i think they've had scarlet and violet the diamond and pearl remakes and arceus yeah and like it's 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 allegedly different teams working on the different projects but like there's there's got to be like 90 to 100 staff at game freak total so like anytime they were like siphoning people off to do other shit they were just like you know what I mean? Like the 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 the, the fucking main project ended up sucking, and they only only even announced it that it existed at all like last year. Um, so it was never yeah. it was never gonna be great. But Ray, yeah, here's the here's I, I, the thing for me: like it's it's probably a decent game. I haven't played it. I'll let you guys just determine that, but. If I was looking at the video and the screenshots of this game and it was not a Pokemon game, you'd be looking at it as some like mid Wii life cycle shovelware. Yeah. Like you wonder what what cell phone game developer made this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easily. Uh I, I was saying, yeah, they they've innovated in the right ways. The formula is cool. You know, they they I feel like they took a lot of the 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 cool stuff from Arceus, a lot of the right choices that they made in Arceus, they brought over to this new one. But oh man, I was I I was saying to you before uh, we started. But James, the very second I started the game, the very second I had control of my character, mm-hmm. I moved my my right stick to the left, and it puts the camera through the wall, so I'm staring just into the abyss, and I'm like. This is not a good first impression here. The I've I've never seen this before in a Pokemon game. Oh yeah, this is it's interesting because the consensus online seems to be <clears throat> when most people are like they give their like one tweet review of the game, it runs like fucking garbage. I'm having the most fun I've had in Pokemon in 10 years. Those yeah. are the two points that come up all the time. It's just like this game is completely bum jumped and it they they did everything right uh, mechanically, <laughs> and um, like to be I, to be clear, it's very, it's not the hardware by any means. We we rip on the Switch hardware a lot, but it's not the hardware. It's Monster Hunter runs a lot better than this. Legend of Zelda runs a lot better than this. 
Odyssey runs a lot better than this. All games that are way gra- more, uh, you know, graphically intensive. Yeah. Um, I I haven't seen any like really serious glitches. Like the frame rate is buckoed. Like that. Yeah. Like it it, it. 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 Here's the. Here's the thing that I think is 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 a little distressing, is that your character has this sort of like frame rate bubble that surrounds them on all sides. So within this bubble, the game runs decently, like 30 frames per second or very close to. But when you get outside of that sphere... Oh, dude, it's pure stop animation. Objects go down to like a handful of frames per second. So you'll like see somebody walk by in the distance and they'll be doing the... With like the robot legs, and then they get close enough to you, and they have a real walk cycle. Yeah. <laughs> How about the fucking mini map that that runs at ten frames a second? Like, why? Why can't the mini map run? Oh yeah, or like when you go shopping for shit, like accessories or whatever, and you have to sit there for like a good fifteen or twenty seconds. Before the like image of what your character looks like wearing it will yeah. pop up sometimes. Yeah, it's they, so fucked. <laughs> they've gotten rid of interiors, most interiors, I should say. Now, if you like walk into a cafe or into uh, like a shop, it'll just flash to a white screen or whatever. And like James said, then you'll just see your character uh, against like a menu of items you can scroll through. That's one thing. I'm kind of like, eh, what? Yeah, I because of the way the frame rate seems to work where like your character projects a field of like playable flame frame rate, I don't know if they can patch that away. <laughs> <laughs> like it seems like that's baked into the base code. Yeah. So maybe they can do some patches to stop the constant fucking memory leaks so that you can like uh go place to place without like everything crashing. Oh, another place where like even the sphere doesn't help your character is when you get into the classroom for one of the only times in the beginning of the game and they're like, "Hey class, come say hi to your new classmate t- t- Tuggernuts or whatever." And they're like, "Hey Tuggernuts." And then you pan to a view of all the students and every single one has got robot legs kicking under their desks cuz they're all short. Also, this is neither here nor there. It seems like there's no age cap for how old you can be when you go to be a student to this academy. So you'll run into like people who are like, like enemy trainers who are like student, uh, 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 Gerald is ready to battle. And he's got like a five o'clock shadow and like a beer belly. And like, he's like a foot and a half taller than you. And he's like, Yeah. This this guy's a student. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, but I'm, on a, on a technical front, there are plenty of games that do that thing where they have the frame rate of things that are probably outside your core field of vision. But oh yeah, it sounds like this is just tremendously poorly implemented. Yeah, it it seems it seems like in order to get the game to run at all, they had to shrink the field so that it was like things you could still see would get robot legs. And then, like, <laughs> they get to get they get really close, and then it works. But it's, it's like, funny. 
I was just going to say, it's like the Switch version of the N64 Fog. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, it's very important, Paul, for you to understand that as much as I rag on this game, and it does run like fucking garbage, it's really fun. You like, you, they, 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 they blow the whole field open immediately where they're just like, okay, here's... You got your tasks. You want to go get eight badges to go challenge Victory Road. That's one. Go go fight these five fucking giant Titan Pokemon. That's another one. Uh, go take down all the bases up for Team Star. That's another one. And they just hand you this at the beginning of like, give this huge map. And it's just like, all right, good luck, I guess. Go where you want to do. They're like, when they give you these assignments, it's like, do you want to? And then you're like, like, sure. And then you just handle it whatever you want, order you want. It's interesting because, like, the recommended path isn't immediately obvious. Like, you can sort of get lost pretty easily and then sort of drift from the recommended path. But um, uh, what will happen is you'll wander into an area and be like, all right, I, I could probably take this guy on, right? But, like, every Pokemon you meet in the wild outside of the city in question is just kicking the shit out of you because you've gone where you technically shouldn't have but you can <laughs> so you can you can officially do the the gyms and the challenges in any order but even in the descriptions when you like uh kind of like click or like hover over top of the uh the icon in the map it'll say something like this is they're considered a pretty powerful gym leader even among gym leaders and they're like i should leave that one to later that's what i should do <laughs> so they don't just fucking body me <laughs> So what I'm hearing here is that I should just wait until Switch emulators have come far enough that they run better than a Switch and do that. Because I should play this game just not on a Switch. I think I think they can probably patch it to the point where some of the more grievous glitches don't pop up. I haven't seen anything really hilarious yet, which is kind of sad. Just like you know the fr the fucky frame rate and like one time uh my trainer just sort of like disappeared from the screen in the middle of a pokemon battle like the camera pans back to like supposed to show me like throwing a pokeball and it's just like empty space and it's just like boom <laughs> i i think probably in a couple of weeks maybe a month they'll have like uh, a couple of patches rolled out but they will not it's funny because nintendo never really talks about that shit they're never like oh yeah big patch no time patch no time they just it just happens and then the game runs better but um i yeah i think give it a couple of weeks let the um let the worst of the bugs get ironed out Again, I'm a I'm a I'm a Pokemon lifer, so I I couldn't give a fuck. I'll I'll play this flaming garbage barge all the way to the end and like do absolutely everything. I, I don't give a shit. Like it, it doesn't crash. I don't get any game breaking glitches. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't do any of that shit to me. So I, I don't care. But I understand that my experience is not typical for the consumer. You know, people are gonna want to hang back and see if this thing turns out cool. On the flip side. If you're the sort of person who finds themselves endlessly amused by hilarious fucked up glitches, maybe get on on the ground floor of Scarlet and Violet, because I've seen some videos, shit looks amazing. 
yeah. I haven't seen any glitches either. I don't know where all those are coming from, but uh hey, it's just a numbers game, man. You get enough people playing it, somebody's gonna have video footage of like a character stretching like uh the the dude from Fantastic Four when they try to sit on top of their fucking rider Pokemon or whatever. Yeah. Me ride on, which is its actual fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> A little uh, on the nose. Yeah, it's uh, it's ass as a wheel that it uses to drive you around, and it's got thrusters in its back legs. I don't. They could not have made it any more obvious. All right. So, how many new Pokemon are in this thing? I think usually it's like seventy to hundred. <clears throat> they broke a thousand. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're up to a thousand and six. I think I was reading. Okay, nice round number. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm finding the difficulty balance. It's interesting. Uh, this one in Arceus, it, you um, it used to be that you would just like get a crew together and then like roll through the type matches until you get to the the elite four and have no problems. But now my crusty ass is like having trouble where I have to like, I don't know, maybe the amount of new new Pokemon is just like getting up to the point where I don't have everybody's fucking type matchups memorized anymore. And so like, I have to like get the shit kicked out of me by creatures a couple of times before I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I think I got your number. And even then, if there's like a speed advantage, it's still the battle might not go your way. It's interesting. It's, I'm finding it more challenging. I'm pleasantly surprised by the challenge level I personally am encountering compared to previous generations. Well, that's a good thing. Mm. Um, is it? Well, that's a loaded question. I was going to ask if it's the best Switch game this year, but... What else came out on the Switch? Well, that's the thing. I was just looking at the uh, the Game Awards nominees because those are out. And yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is nominated for fucking everything. That's fair. Have any of us played that? I did. Is it good? I reviewed it. Oh. Um, <clears throat> it's great for that kind of experience. If you want a big... Uh, messy jrpg with a long convoluted story and like a lot of twists and turns and a ton of characters it fucking rocks it's it's a really great example of that very specific kind of game so i understand plus it runs great on the switch and looks great on the switch um huh. at least the character models are all hot as fuck and like really well crafted Wow. They're like people talk about like they would show screenshots of like, oh, Xenoblade looks like this. Why can't Pokemon look like this? I'm like, you picked a really nice screenshot for Xenoblade. I've seen a lot of the areas in that game. They are bleak. <laughs> it's just yeah. like flat textures, just like images, like pictures of fucking actual environment over like a fucking bump map. And then there's like, you know structures and formations and lots of interesting monsters but guys don't fucking kid yourselves it still looks like an xbox 360 game oh, yeah. fuck out of town <laughs> like there's there's gotta be new nintendo hardware 
on the horizon at least, right? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they were if they were holding off on that sort of thing until the chip shortage problems get resolved. Because I don't think they want... I don't think Nintendo wants to put out a new console and have the fucking backlash press that would come with a, like, PS5 situation. Like, I don't think they want... I don't think they want to disappoint their fan base in that fashion and they are a big enough company where they can afford to make decisions like that whether they're good or bad but also this scarlet violet bullshit this is this is just the beginning this is going to be happening a lot more we're going to get it to the point where like developers are like i don't know if i can fucking make games for the switch anymore because it was already old hardware when the system first came out but it depends. So it's like I was saying, like it's not the hardware with Pokemon. It's very much Game Freak not being able to optimize their game. Uh, look at fucking Monster Hunter. That's a great example. RE Engine, Capcom did a great job with optimizing that. There's a lot more that goes on at one time in that game. And it runs almost at a flawless 30 frames. Looks great. It's all good. Uh, man. People just need to... It's... If if there's a game that's coming out for the Switch plus the PlayStation and Xbox, yes, I totally agree. Developers are going to start to be like, "Yo, we can't, we can't do this." But if you're developing a game specifically for the Switch and you're not Game Freak, I think that you'll still be all right for a few years. I mean, uh, yes and yes and no, because Bayonetta runs like hot trash, and they know how to make a game. I'm curious to see how uh, that uh, Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. Well, it's going to be exactly the same as Breath of the Wild 1. Well, great. Then what's the problem? Yeah. Well, that'll so you be can fine. Make Nintendo new stuff's always fine. Yeah. yeah. You can make new games as long as they are the old games. <laughs> You're good to go. <laughs> but like... Also, Nintendo yeah. has specifically designed their art styles so that they look good with like one polygon. True. You know, you don't need you don't need a ton of horsepower to make a good looking boo or Koopa. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. How many polygons do you think they're using in that uh uh Jack Black Chris what's his name? Chris Pratt version. Uh a lot more. I man, I'm such a, a fucking child. I saw that trailer in theaters and I was like, oh I'm so psyched. I just felt it in my guts. I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck, yeah. I want to see this movie. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, just Jack Black doing the Bowser voice, like, being big and imposing and cool. It's like, oh, fuck, man. I don't want to, I want to, I want to watch this. I could watch it in theaters. Yeah. Such a fucking nerd for this nonsense. I'm so into it. <clears throat> I know I'm going to watch it, but... In that trailer, I kind of was side-eyeing it the whole time until, you know, Mario flops down in the, the Mushroom Kingdom. His first line is like, what the heck's going on or something? I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know. You know who won't be watching it? John Leguizamo, who's come out and vehemently uh, scolded the casting department, directors, producers of the film. 
he is the Luigi. In, he's Luigi. Cannon. Yes, right. Exactly. So yeah, he's pretty upset that um, they hired a bunch of white boys to play these characters. Oh, that's a good point. Yep. That's that's totally fair. Yep. That's totally fair. You know, I'd say I I, I, I can't help but agree with them. I, I, mean, I mean, we'll give I, him a pass on Jack Black since there's not a whole lot of giant dinosaurs yeah. kicking around that are yeah, voice yeah. actors. But Mario and Luigi? Who, who'd they get for Luigi? The, uh, Charlie Day? <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's Charlie Day. No. Yeah. It's going to be so good. You got... Um, oh, it's going to suck so hard. Who, who, <laughs> going to whip ass, buddy. I don't know what you're talking about. Man, who else is in there? I know Keegan Michael Key's in there. Maybe is Toad. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a seven out of ten Illumination movie. But you know, Jack Black is gonna like elevate it to like a seven point five, maybe even an eight. What do you think about Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong? No thoughts. Yeah. Literally none. No thoughts I mean, whatsoever. His laugh does sound like the Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Donkey Kong to me, like I've seen the original CG series, children's series that came out in the nineties. You can you cannot you cannot get worse than that series. So like there was no person they could have cast which would have been like, oh that's not Donkey Like, no. No, it's it's all gravy. Just pick who pick who the fuck ever you want. It's fine. Yeah. Um and Chris Pratt just has to do literally all he has to do is a slight slight Brooklyn accent. That's it. That's all you need. Just a little Brooklyn. Put a little Brooklyn in your voice. I don't want you to sound like Charles Martinet. I don't want two hours of Charles Martinet doing Mario's lines. People are like, I would listen to that. Like, no, you fucking wouldn't, yeah, you no, liar. Terrible. So then you what, get, what what do you think is uh, Charlie Day's job in all this? What do you think he needs to be doing? Oh, just be himself. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't need to do a goddamn thing. I, I, I think, I think Charlie Day is great. I think he's very good at being panicky and and loud right. and like that's yeah. that's that's Luigi vibes. That's a good point. He's, that is a good. He's, he's got to be a, a a cowardly weirdo. So mm. he's he's got that fucking nailed. <laughs> Now, if and, and, Chris Pratt can pull off Star Lord from Brooklyn. Yeah, it's a it's a softball. It's such an easy lob. He can do it. <laughs> he can he can he can slip in and out of the Brooklyn accent. He could just have a little Brooklyn in some of the things he says. It's fine, honestly. Does he get a Does he get a Yahoo in there somewhere? Oh, guaranteed for sure. Guaranteed. For sure. Yeah, right. Probably, probably more than once. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Keegan Michael Key is great. He's just like he's just he's just good at what he does. I'm always happy to see him in anything. Anytime he shows up, I'm like, oh fuck yeah. (laughs) He's fucking hilarious, man. He was arguably the funniest guy on Mad TV. That's fair. That's fair. He was so good. That's extremely fair. You guys watch uh, Schmigadoon? Schmigadoon. Yes, I fucking on, did. It's on uh, Apple TV Plus. It's it's Keegan Michael Key and Cecily Strong, and they fall through a portal to a world that is a musical all the time. 
Oh, okay. It's, is it? It's live it's action. Good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's really good. Is it a movie? It's a, a series. Like a, like a short it's a series. Six, yeah, series. six episode limited series. It's fantastic. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. There's a lot of great cameos in there too. <laughs> Hell yeah. <clears throat> nice, nice. Off topic, but another series. If you want to check it out, if you haven't already, Pepsi. Where's my jet? Just finished that today. Highly What's recommend. What's that on? It's on Netflix. And it is the story of John Leonard, I believe his name was. Oh, the uh, Pepsi points guy. The 7 million Pepsi points, yeah, to get his Harrier jet. And yeah, it's the story of that. It's just four, like, 30, 40-minute episodes. Easy okay, to watch. because I'm glad you explained that. Because when you said the phrase, Pepsi wears my jet, I assumed that a neurological event was occurring. <laughs> I was having a stroke. Yes, like something was <laughs> happening to your brain that we need yeah, to yeah. call the, the, the fucking ambulance for. Pepsi, where's my jet? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, okay, great. Cool. Um, Anybody uh, play anything else? Oh, no. Well, I mean, not really. I, I've been on my, like, before... I, I've only sort of spent the last weekend playing Pokemon. Mm -hmm. We didn't get an early code for what, in retrospect, seems like obvious reasons. Um, uh, <laughs> but imagine yeah, right? this. Nintendo Force Magazine did, and they gave it a hundred. Oh. <laughs> that's so fucking disingenuous. Like, that's, that's like, so fucked. Me? Yeah. Couldn't be better. This is yeah, could, could. Huh? a masterpiece. If you have Nintendo in your name and you give a hundred percent to any Nintendo game, I'm going to assume that all of the the vocal video review is going to be very muffled because of the like dicks in your mouth. <laughs> Just like horror out of the video Carl Grock. There's a shocking number of a hundred scores for this game. Yeah. That's brutal. That's brutal. Like those people need to be they need to have their review licenses revoked. <laughs> it, it just discredits them as an institution. Seriously. It's that's just like brutal. listen, I I fucking lo love playing Scarlet and Violet. This is like like a 68 or a in, 70 man yeah. an easy yeah. six an easy six yeah six or a, i i would like, probably like if i was reviewing it, yeah. yeah if i was reviewing it, i'd probably give it like a 65 and yeah. that'd be fine that'd be yeah. totally fine oh yeah make it clear that in spite of it all of its issues you know they continue to innovate they just can't fucking figure it out they need to stop doing that thing they do where they start putting uh, where they keep putting new people in like positions that they can't handle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if I wonder if it's a matter of them trying to squeeze too much in at once because the it, I remember the yeah. reaction with Shield and Sword. People were like, "Okay, enough of this. It's the same game. We don't want this anymore." It's still good. Still, you know, it was still Pokemon. But they were just like, it's the same fucking formula. We need something new. I wonder if they've, you know, they're just stretching themselves too thin at this point. It's very possible. Uh, uh, I mean, the Pokemon company has more money than God. 
exactly like they, hire yeah, some fucking hire developers shitload yeah. of people and make a bunch of games they can outsource it's... this shit to to people uh that do mods for games and f- have the problem fixed in six months it's really interesting because i i get the feeling from everything i've seen that like all of the success of the pokemon company does not in any way trickle down to the game freak team like like mm. They, 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 they make all this money off of the fucking licensing. They do the shows, they do the toys, they do, they do the, the, the movies. Uh, they, they, they do the other merchandising tie-ins. Uh, they, they have this m- mega marketing giant, <clears throat> but like none of this comes back to Game Freak at any point. Like, no, like no. all these, all these guys were just like, no, we're just going to make what an average game developer makes. And our budget is going to be that of an average team and we will be small and that will be fine. And like, it's like some sort of work culture thing. I I don't, I, I genuinely don't understand it. But I think whenever people talk about how this franchise has more money than God, it's incorrect. Because the uh, TP, TPCI or whatever, the Pokemon Company Incorporated, they have more money than God. But that does not mean that game freak does <laughs> like i think people need to understand this that like yeah for game some f- reason <laughs> game freak remains the mutant stepchild from that episode of the simpsons the treehouse of horror that they keep chained in the attic and they feed fish heads to yeah 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 this is totally off topic but right you mentioned mod creators mm-hmm. did either of you see the mod that came out for uh, the PC version of Spider-Man that puts Willem Dafoe in it. No, it is awesome. Really? At like at playable? No, like or y- yeah, they replace with Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Yeah, that's fucking sick. So you're flying around on the glider and all that. I don't. Well, I don't know about that. I just saw some screenshots of of the the model that they threw in the game, and it's okay. Like super creepy Willem Dafoe face. So nice, nice. And he's wearing the suit. I would get, imagine from the. I saw him just as Norman Osborn. But... Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I assume. I assume they have replaced it with the uh, the Spider Man Two era Green Goblin suit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, the other game that I played a little bit of, and I want to play more. Pentiment. Oh. Which is uh, out on Game Pass, created by Josh Sawyer of Obsidian and Black Isle Studios fame. Uh, famously, the guy who wrote uh, Fallout New Vegas. Nice. And th- this is basically a visual novel where you're, it's kind of a murder mystery sort of thing, but it's presented like a uh, Renaissance storybook. And it is very cool. And. Yeah, like I said, it's a visual novel, but I was also reading that the internet apparently thinks it sucks. They've been review bombing this game because it's it moves slow and it doesn't have enough action. Like, okay, people, it's a it's a text based adventure. Yeah. yeah. What do they What do they like sell it as? What genre do you find it in? I mean, I just found it on the front page of Game Pass because it's they're they're hungry for anything that's. Right, right. A new release. But yeah, I'd be surprised if it was in anything other than like narrative adventure. 
Yeah. Can These people. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to change the topic. So if you got something else to say about Penn, I was just going to ask one question. Just these people that are review bombing it. Are they at least saying that uh, the guy that wrote Vegas, what was his name? Josh Sawyer. Yeah. Josh Sawyer. Are they at least saying that his work is on point? Well, I haven't seen that. It sounds like it's, it's just blind outrage. No action. Fuck this. You know, it's probably the people that are pissed that modern warfare two isn't on game pass. Hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, did, did I ever talk about on the podcast immortality? No, but I was going to ask about that because that's nominated for a shitload of game awards. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? It absolutely earned them. <laughs> really? Uh, <clears throat> so it's, it's Game Pass? Yes, it is. Um, it's the weirdest thing I've ever played on Xbox, and it will probably hold that title for a long time. It's not, it's, it's kind of like a visual novel, only it's all filmed with real human beings. It's basically the story of a particular actress and her career path. So you see, you get these little clips of like recovered archival footage of like behind the scenes and like shot scenes and stuff like that. So it's like a game about the movie industry and about this particular actress and her mysterious projects that she did one in the seventies, one in the eighties and one in the nineties. And, um, it's beautiful and fascinating and weird and very adult. And (laughs) like, and you get all these, and you get these shots where like, um, the, You'll you'll just see the actors sort of candidly expressing themselves to the camera, and it's very like powerful and pointed. And then somebody will be like, "Cut!" And then you're like, "Oh, so that was just that was just them doing a bit." And then you'll get some like behind the scenes stuff, and it's just like, and it all you get all the artifice coming down. You get all the like uh, all the the weird layers, and you uncover this stuff out of order. So you're like piecing it together bit by bit as you try to figure out the main story like what the deal is with these people in these movies and like how they connect to one another and like all of the performances are fucking amazing and the way it's shot is incredible because it looks like something out of the 70s a lot of the time or the 80s like the camera work they do is really amazing and the writing is really interesting and the like the 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 narrative arc is fascinating because again what you do is you just you pause the footage that you're watching and then you just click on a person and it's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to take you to something else that connects that person, like to another piece of footage. And you just follow arcs and threads through like different actors and stuff like that. And it's, it's so fascinating. And like, I think you can uncover like most of the, like all of the footage in like three or four hours. And you just get like a complete picture of like what, what was happening. And it's just like, it's, it's really a really, really interesting uh, story format, and again, just like deals with some really, really interesting, mature themes that you, uh, it just really like, like blowing your fucking brain apart. It was just like I was deeply fascinated, and I saw it was getting nominated for shit at the Game Awards. I was like, not even slightly surprised. Yeah, well, I looked it up, and it's the same guy that made her story, and oh, that yeah. got a ton of Game Awards love. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. But glad to hear that it's, you know 
better or more than than her story was. I thought that was pretty thin to be getting all the praise that it did. But yeah. if this oh, has just... has more intrigue about it. Well, it was just one of those things. I, I for me personally, I have a love for what I call 1 a.m. media stuff that only makes sense at about one in the morning. And like <laughs> immortality is the best example of 1 a.m. media I've seen in like fucking years where you're just like, it's dark outside. You're like exhausted. You haven't slept. And you're just like clicking on endless little bits of footage, just trying to try to get more pieces of this fucking crazy story. <laughs> And like every, every time you like see something powerful or emotionally affecting, you have to decide whether or not it actually happened or it was just like part of a fucking scene. It's just like, it's so good. And there's like relationships happening on screen and behind the scenes that are like impacting her. And like, she's being used and abused by the industry because he's, she's this beautiful young woman and you're watching this happen in stories and like behind the stories and everything else. And it's just like, it's, ah, oh, it's so fucking engaging. <laughs> it's cool. You're not, you're not kidding about the uh, mature themes. All the, Oh, the gallery images on the Xbox site are, uh, age blocked. Like, oh, yeah. Sign in to look at this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is this, is this something I can stream on YouTube? Even no, <laughs> uh some parts of it absolutely not yeah it's like the first uh the first movie is this like italian uh religious thriller kind of thing about like some priest and like him being like led to temptation by this crazy spirit or something it's it's very weird but anyways there's there's like some sex scenes they film and they get uh you know a little mature audiences right like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right right yeah so yeah, those are probably what you're seeing that are getting that that specific sex scene is probably what people keep gallerying. They're just like, no, you can't just share this. You have to fucking age gate it. Yeah, fair enough. I'm yeah. going to go download that. That sounds pretty yeah. cool. I've got yeah. it installing now. Yeah. Fucking rules. I mean, I'm kind of a giant weirdo, so I understand if somebody tried to check this out and they're like, hey, this is kind of boring. But like watching this slowly unfold in a kind of like uh, uh, asynchronous order is just like, this is a really interesting Game Pass experience. <laughs> like, not what I expected to find on the platform. <laughs> I mean, we were just we were just talking about this earlier, like how God of War is more of the same. And, you know, so anything that is way out there or is totally different than stuff that you've seen, it's well worth your time to go look at that, if if only to refresh your palate for more of the core video game stuff that's out there. Yeah. Uh, inscription nailed that really well last yes. time. Holy shit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a nice segue though we did play one other game a nice game pass uh, title everybody could check out was grounded james and i checked oh, out last monday tons did. of fun yeah, yeah tons of fun so you're yeah. running around it's it's uh basically a tribute to rick moranis and honey i shrunk the kids you're running around in the backyard uh fending off spiders and bugs and collecting supplies you know it's it's really like a typical survival game but it's very very well made runs well very smooth i was mentioning to james when we were playing that i was really impressed by how well all the pieces snap together you know you go and play a game like uh, fallout 4 new vegas and you try to build something or not new vegas uh, uh 76 you try to build something and it's very difficult to get pieces to snap together terrain will get in the way objects will get in the way but with grounded it's nice and easy to build whatever you want super important to those mm. kinds of games yeah i thought it looked interesting when i 
like I played it early beta stage mm. again. I, I talked about this last time, but games that spend forever in early access, mm. they just fall off my radar. Yeah, it's so hard and, and grounded. It falls into that trap, too, but sounds like it turned out really good. Yeah, it's just it's it's cool. You just you drop down into the world and immediately you're like picking up blunt objects and trying to figure out how to make them into something that can beat the shit out of like ants and 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 ticks and mites and stuff like that. So that's cool. And then you run into your first spider and it bodies you. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were talking about God of War and how it holds your hand probably a little too much. Grounded is the opposite. It I'm not going to say it doesn't hold your hand like enough, but it's just if you if you want a challenging experience, you can make grounded tough. You know, it's you, you don't have to uh you don't have to have any sort of tutorials turned on. Just figure things out for yourself. Like James said, you get dropped into a world, you pick up a stone, you start bashing bugs, and away you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Sweet. Well, that's all good stuff. Uh, I pulled out a little bit of news. Okay. Uh, we kind of already talked about most of it. Uh, given the... that the, the internet thinks Pentiment sucks, and Pokemon definitely sucks, but people are still buying it. Hey, did you see the article about how there's apparently a, a like dev kit thing still in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, where if you plug in two controllers wired, you can use them to run twice as fast? Wow. Sick. <laughs> yeah, you that doesn't just, surprise me at all. You use I the control sticks at the same that. time, and it's just like, oh, 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 you're doubly fast now, but it, they have to be wired apparently, but like you can, you can just do this. Because it's, people are theorizing that it's just like a like a dev kit thing that they never got rid of because they clearly did not have the time. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, like I said, the game award knobs are out. Yeah. Do you all want to chat about that a little bit? Um. If there's like controversial stuff i mean people people were probably a little shocked by immortality being on there because most people didn't play it um oh ooh, 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 ooh. here's the big one the one i've seen endless fucking discussion on Elden ring has an award a nomination for best narrative and people are confused because there a lot of people are under the impression that Elden ring does not really have much of a story to speak of or maybe that it's not like an award-winning story and i I'm not super sure where I land on this <laughs> because there is a lot of lore and a lot of narrative in Elden Ring, but it's not, it's not front and center. It's not surface level. You have to dig for it. You have to track it down. But, and like, even, you know how George R. R. Martin is like involved in the project for Elden Ring. Do you know what he actually did? Oh man, he came, he came up with the names of the gods, and what else? He wrote the intro. He wrote that intro he, monologue. He wrote the fucking backstory. He wrote the story that happens a thousand years before the actual events of the game. Yeah. So so he fleshed out a whole narrative. You know when you watch the like three minute uh, cinematic introduction where it's just like there's this guy and this guy and gobble guts and fuggly foo and whatever yeah. else and all your your fucking your Elden Lords and and and, and then. Uh, bad shit happened. He wrote a whole story that t ties it up, and, and that's all it was used for. Like that was the, the majority of his contribution to the fucking world. Yeah, yeah. Make no mistake, FromSoft 
used his name as much as they could. Yeah. You know, they essentially paid not necessarily for the work he put in, but to use his name on the game's marketing, which is not great. You know, hey, yeah, I, don't, I love it. Great move. Great move. Yeah. But but anyways, the, the story is there, but it is difficult to access. You have to really go out of your way to find these narratives. And so people are under the impression, correct or not, that Baby doesn't deserve the best narrative nod. I mean, arguably, that's part of the point is that it's obscured. But <clears throat> I feel like the storytelling in Elden Ring is no different than any of the other FromSoft games. So no. if Bloodborne or Dark Souls 1, 2, or 3 or Demon Souls were not worthy of this nomination, neither is Elden Ring. Because, yes, there's great lore. And you, if you go and look at it and read it, it's very interesting. And you can see the effects of that lore on the world. But is that a narrative? I will say... I lean towards no. That, I will say that I feel like there was more of a cohesive story or like one that I was able to pay attention to and kind of understand more innately than in previous games where like, especially Dark Souls 1, like I had no fucking idea what was happening in that game. But like by the time we get to Elden Ring, I'm like, no, I know what the story is. I understand the narrative of this world. Like I get the narrative thrust. It's not detailed. It's 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 pretty skeletal, but like there's definitely a a, a very clearly laid out uh tale here of like uh fucking terrible hubris on the part of powerful people and the fucking far-reaching consequences of that and your efforts to undo all their awful mistakes and return the world to something resembling normalcy <laughs> and i think i think that's fucking cool i don't know if you maybe narrative is like a uh a clumsy word to try to attach to that but it's i it's great. It's the it's honestly, I think it's the best it's ever been. Perhaps true. Mm -hmm. I, I think by that same token, uh, I don't know if it's nominated for narrative. Is Stray nominated for narrative? No, there's no way. I think that does the exact same thing and does it more effectively. Mm. Because you know, it leads you into those realizations. Whereas Elden Ring, you really, really have to go out of your way or stumble across it randomly. I mean, I didn't do any of that shit. I didn't do any of the work to like, look, I didn't look, I didn't hunt down the narrative in any way. I just played the game and I got a pretty clear picture of like what the fucking story was. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Like previous games, games you, you played 140 hours of it. So, yeah, but a lot of that was like grinding and hunting down secrets and stuff like that. That was not those were not story hours. <laughs> I know. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> but but uh, 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 who, who are the other nominees for best narrative? Uh, of, Plague God Tale, Requiem, God of mm -hmm. War, Ragnarok, Horizon mm -hmm. Forbidden West and mm -hmm. Immortality. OK, Eldering isn't going to win, so I don't think we really have. To I know win. I was going to say, like, honestly, uh, I have a very tough time seeing anything but god of war taking this although with the way james described immortality that sounds like it could be a dark horse best narrative yeah, yeah. sure but this isn't done by like the public voting is it not no no yeah it's it's like critics right yeah 
the Jeff Keeleys. Yeah, there are a few that are public, like yeah. the the best influencer and you know that shit. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see any of them being the winner. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Plague Tale, given how much mm. recognition that one got. I don't agree. That's the best. Yeah, I'd probably go for. Well, I haven't played all of Ragnarok, but either Ragnarok or Forbidden West would be. Yeah, those those seem like the a narrative that's uh, cohesive and accessible while still uh, emotionally impacting and and well written and 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 satisfying. So you have to you have to hit the the broad strokes. You have to hit all the fucking the major points, right? It can't just be like the best of the series because that's kind of a low bar sometimes or it can't just be like uh uh because if if the best writing doesn't matter if nobody fucking reads it or sees it or hears it you know so um delta ring i think is out of the running for that reason but so yeah probably ragnarok or um uh forbidden west yep i'd agree (sighs) with that I think uh, actually this year, when I clicked through all these categories, there's a lot more overlap than I've seen in previous years. Yeah. You know, where game direction is basically the same list as game of the year. Mm. Art direction is basically the same list as game of the year, but maybe with one game swapped out here and there. Mm -hmm. Well, I think game of the year, the idea of that one is that for it to really qualify, it should be on a bunch of the other lists. Yep, for sure. So fair enough. Yeah, I just think that it's it's a lot more aligned than it has been in the past. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm always curious. A... I'm always curious to see what they uh, put out there for like best soundtrack, best original, best score and music. I just clicked to that one. Hell and yeah! It is Plague Tale, Elden Ring, Ragnarok, Xenoblade Chronicles, and metal hellsinger oh sick <laughs> which that one should win that's that rhythm based uh, oh. doom-esque shooter oh nice hell yeah rad music <laughs> it's real good <laughs> um yeah i the music in elden ring is great but it's like a companion piece where it, it sort of melts into the background it's just a lot of like somber string arrangements and it's just like okay these are cool but like i don't remember them but fucking xenoblade chronicles 3 you play the game and those those songs will just live in your brain forever and they will just be there you will be like making dinner and you'll just find yourself humming the battle music or like some of the like town music like that 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 soundtrack is mostly earworms by weight so like it absolutely deserves to be on that list Oh God! I just yeah. click all the way back. Who wrote it? Ah, uh, Yasunori Mitsuda. Oh, fucking course he did. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> like no shit then. Oh, uh, for for people who don't know, Yasunori Mitsuda made all of the best JRPG music from the '90s and the early 2000s. Yeah, anything it, that wasn't Uematsu was Mitsuda. Yeah, that's right. It was just those two guys, basically. <laughs> And it's all amazing. Yeah, yeah. His 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 uh uh discography is uh 
certified. It's fucking certified. Every every piece. He did. Um, there was a soundtrack of his that I found online for a like game that doesn't exist or like was never released in North America or wasn't actually a game called uh, Keyrite K I R I T E, and like just just the most incredible. 10 12 song breakdown that i've ever heard him make and it's for something that like nobody's ever gonna fucking hear like you have to be like an absolutely diehard fan of his music to even hear it and it sucks because it's really really good yeah uh other stuff that stood out to me shredder's revenge got a nomination for best action game hell yeah yeah that's cool uh, Tunic got a nomination for Best Action Adventure. Uh, Live Alive and Triangle Strategy got nods for RPG. Ooh. What else? Uh, uh, they called yep. Sifu a fighting game. That feels weird. Oh, like, okay, I mean, yeah. In the same, they, they compared it, what, to like a Street Fighter, a Mortal Kombat? Yeah, Street Fighter is a fighting game. Sifu yeah. is... A uh, hell on earth. I did a full playthrough of Sifu, and <laughs> I don't know what the developers were thinking with that one. <laughs> I think that they just wanted to hurt their audience. Yes. I'm convinced. Specifically, yes. Yeah, you're absolutely I correct. I desperately wanted to like it and just bounced off so hard. Yeah, me too. I, like, man, when, when you... Get and I never got good at it, so I can't really say when you get good, it gets really fun. But there are those moments where I I had you know I could string together a couple combinations and it was fun enough, but it was never good enough to make me actually want to get good. Good, you know. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. And that game requires a lot of practice. A lot of practice. Let's see. What else can I click through here? Um, ooh, there's a there's a best adaptation category. Okay. Which is outstanding creative work that adapts a video game to another medium. So the new Sonic movie is in there. The Cuphead show is in there. The Uncharted movie. And the one that should absolutely win, Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Yes. Which is yeah, yeah, that'll probably win. Eh? People were going nuts for Edge Runners. It, it's it pretty fucking good. man, it reignited interest in that game. Yeah, well, I'll tell you why. It's because they got Studio Trigger to do it, which was the smartest move they could have made. Oh yeah, because Trigger's whole deal is extremely intense action sequences and wild, surreal visuals. So like they were the studio meant for cyberpunk like that. The, the two are like fucking peas and carrots. You just can scarcely think of a better match. Um, yeah. If they tried to hand it off to another studio, it just it just wouldn't have hit as hard. Like not even close. The uh, the other one that's that's most interesting to talk about anyway uh, is most anticipated game. And the list there is Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. 
Yeah. I I will say uh it, it seems like there's little there's a lot of little things about Hogwarts that uh people are really vibing with. Specifically, there's a problem in video games that comes up a lot and has still not been properly addressed. Uh uh black hair. Specifically black people, their hair hmm. options are generally pretty fucked. But apparently yeah. in Hogwarts Legacy or whatever it's called, they're they're great. They're way better. Like they have a lot more uh flexibility, a lot more realistic options. Uh, uh, cause a lot of times it's just like, there's like two or three hairstyles at best. If you want to play a black character, like that's a, that's as much as you can really ever really get. And like, it's really tone deaf and like, not like well yeah. implemented, but apparently one of the things the Hogwarts legacy has done right is, is uh black hair, which is great. Uh, and you know, that's so true. You know, like I'm thinking of character creators like, you know, followed or something like that. And you scroll through the hair options and then right at the end, there's short and curly and shorter and curly. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's their that's their black hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on, do better. (laughs) Yeah, it's just. It wouldn't be hard. And like, again, you're, you want to serve your fucking audience. And a lot of your audience is people of color. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you're leaving money on the table. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even people out outside of that, that target group. Would you not want more hair options? Yeah, yeah. you would. I, 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 I'm all about maximum customization power. I Absolutely. want, I want. I want the highest possible amount of that in every game. Uh, always. So, like, any time you have an opportunity to, like, uh, uh, broaden your, your fucking audience, it, great. Do it up. Absolutely. Make it happen. Um, yeah. But, yeah, every time I've seen a video of Hogwarts, and every time they come out with a new gameplay demo, I'm like, that looks fun as hell. <laughs> like it looks awesome. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. I just desperately wish that it was multiplayer. That's the one thing. It's it's gonna be a good time. Oh, is it not? It's is not. It it's no. It's a single player game. Oof. And I just desperately Ow. wish that I was gonna be you know I was gonna be able to run around Hogwarts with some friends. Maybe I'm in uh uh Gryffindor. They're in Hufflepuff or something. Meet up, go to class, go our separate ways, live in the world together. No, not to be. Screw your buddies over and, and get yeah. points taken away from Hufflepuff. Exactly, exactly. That's yeah, cool. like how fun would that be if you like could play it with four players, potentially. Everyone has a house and you are actually competing to win, you know, for by the, by the year's end. They're leaving money on the table. That's that's uh, Hogwarts synonym for legacy. It'll come out in five years. All right. What else, fellas? We got anything else or are we just we're just done? I just I, done. I think all of our brains and our bodies are poured into these games we've been playing over the last little while. Um, I think. Uh, 
I'm excited to see what you guys think of immortality, how long you can stick it out in that incredibly weird world before you bounce, uh, what your impression is of it when you get there. Um, I think once I'm done blasting through Pokemon, I'm probably going to dig into a couple of more weird Game Pass titles, or maybe just Dark Tide. You know, maybe just that. Just Dark that Tide. on Game Pass? I believe it's coming to it, but I can't be certain. Um, I know it's coming for Xbox. So I guess we'll see. Love that Xbox partnered with uh, How Long to Beat. So with this immortality, it only shows six hours to get through the main story. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, six 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. hours. Yeah. 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 Really, that's my only advice for people looking to check out immortality. Make sure it's the time of your day where things are the weirdest. For me, it's between <laughs> about 11.30 p.m. and 1 in the morning when, like, Certain music hits different, certain video clips just feel cooler, and immortality makes more sense. So, like, everybody has that time in their day. For me, it's 1 a.m. Play it when you're feeling just a little fucky. Yeah. A little fucky, a little weird, a little wild, a little wooly, you know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, okay. Uh, this has been an episode of Press X to Podcast, the podcast uh, part of the Press X to Podcast channel. Part that's not the streaming, the part that's the podcasting. And uh, we've been Paul, Rhett, and James. Got real excited about your name there, James. I, it's a very exciting name, I understand. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you right back here sometime soon. And uh, you'll probably see Rhett. I don't know, tomorrow? Probably later tonight, actually. I'm going to get into some more God of War. Look at this guy. Yeah. Uh, dive put, back into the world of, of God of War Ragnarok with my put, boy. Oh, yeah. Putting in those long hours. And hey, check us out on TikTok. You don't stop. Uh, Press X Podcast. We're on there now. It's actually going pretty well over there. So Yeah. All yeah. right. You know, I was just reading a story today about how the Chinese government is uh, surveying tiktok accounts again and i feel so nasty being on there <laughs> God. i think that's the point man yeah. it's, it's a nasty platform <laughs> all right well we're getting out of here see you later everybody have a great Goodbye, uh, great week and a great rest of your lives until we see you next yeah bye